Hey there, you're listening to Women to Women Podcast with Gina and Jade. Hello, hello, and hey. welcome to our first episode of Women to Women. So exciting. I'm so glad to be back with you. Me and I too. Back with you since, for those who don't know, we already have had a previous podcast called Mom and Ain't Easy, but due to you know life and different changes we're back with a brand new podcast so it feels really good to be back recording with you Gina and just you know living our best lives or whatever (laughs) yeah I agree no I'm so happy that we like um I guess like re-evaluated our values as as our little, I was going to say as a podcast group, as our little, this podcast is like our baby. So we reevaluated our values for the podcast, I should say. And I'm just so happy to be here recording again. Yes, me too. You know, when you said that she's like our baby, I thought like mom and ain't easy was like, like a, like a baby legit, but now woman to woman, she's a whole ass teenager. Like next thing you know our next podcast will be like I don't know something like 40 shots of tequila or some shit because we're just at our retirement stage like it's just giving what it's supposed to give but anyways okay so let's just dive right into whatever the heck we're going to talk about today okay perfect because what's been on my mind lately is how your postpartum journey is going because it's been how old is Sophia now She's about to be six months. Exactly. So, I mean, like, how has that been for you? It's been a journey. It's honestly been totally different from Scarlett. But I feel like there's a lot of factors to that because we did live with family when Scarlett was this age. Up until Scarlett was a year and a half, we lived with family. So I think I didn't have a lot of time by myself when you put compared to with Sophie now you know what I mean um so I will say that I didn't think that I went through postpartum with Scarlett and this time with Sophie it's almost a definite yes for me and I'm still on the fence because I don't know because I feel like I could chop it up to just be hormones but I Mm -hmm. don't want to minimize how I was feeling either if that makes sense like, yeah totally <laughs> so just to like I guess fill you guys in and fill you in Jade um so like I had Sophie things were great uh but I want to say maybe more than half my pregnancy was really hard mentally and emotionally so um I whenever I think maybe like my last month I had already decided like I think I'm gonna get into therapy I'm just going to do it for myself. Like being pregnant was not the only factor of me wanting to get into therapy. And then I was also just trying to be proactive as far as postpartum because of how I had already felt during my pregnancy. I was like, if I feel any worse, I might just lose my mind, you know? Mm -hmm. So I talked to my husband about it and 
he was supportive, but he also just didn't really understand either. So that was hard too, because I felt so misunderstood. And then with hormones on top of it, it was like an extra layer of emotions, you know? So I registered and like enrolled for therapy, whatever. And then um, I didn't start therapy until she was maybe like three weeks old, three or four weeks old. So I started it pretty, pretty fresh. Um, but I feel like whenever I would go, my hormones or like the things that I want to talk about weren't about having her or like postpartum related. It was about mm-hmm. everything else that's built up to this moment, I guess. Mm-hmm. So then when I started like unpacking everything, she did kind of ask me like, do you feel like you're going through postpartum? And I was like a little bit because if I take my emotions and everything that's built up in my life right now, if I take that all out, I'm still sad. Mm-hmm. I'm still crying. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Um, I know we've talked about it before. Um, as far as like you going through postpartum, do you feel like it was like the only factor was having a, a baby for you? Or do you feel like it was 10 other factors that were just amplifying those emotions for you too? Well, honestly, I don't really know because I didn't really have, I guess like anxiety and depression until I had my first kid. So I didn't really really know more or less what that felt like until then. Like I felt like quote unquote depression in high school from like my first heartbreak, but I felt like that was so stupid. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know if if my body just was like, oh shit, she had another baby. Come on, just just keep fucking crying and being miserable every day. Like, you know, I don't know if it was just that or if it was other things added with it. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, when I did research on postpartum, I read that one in seven women uh, get postpartum. So like over 3 million cases are reported per year. <laughs> And when I was telling Isaiah, my husband, he was just like, that's not even a lot. And I thought, when I read it, I was like, God damn, that's a lot of women who experience that. Like, and so many women, there's still so many women who don't even have no clue symptom wise or even what it is. You know what I mean? So for him to be like, that's not so bad. Like I, he was expecting the number to be 20 times worse. I was already thinking that was like the worst number it could have been. Um, but you know, there's, there's so many umbrellas to postpartum depression or just postpartum in general. There's so many umbrellas. There's so many topics that fall under the umbrella, like there's postpartum rage and then there's baby blues and then there's the depression. Um, so did, did you feel any of those otherwise besides the depression? I feel like. I didn't experience baby blues. And I only say that because I have a family member who had checked on me after I had Sophie. And she was like, you know, I experienced baby blues. Like at one point the baby was crying and I was so zoned out that my husband had to tell me like, he's crying. Like, why aren't you picking him up or something? Um, So to her, that was baby blues. And I wouldn't say that I experienced that. So I guess I would rule myself out of that one, you know, but postpartum rage was a big one for me. 
as shameful as I still semi feel about it. I, I mean, I'm thankful that I'm in therapy because I've been able to kind of forgive myself because it was a lot of it was almost out of my control emotionally. Um, but I do remember having the conversation with Jerry, like, was I like this before? And he would be like, no, like it was written in his face that he wasn't holding it, holding it against me, but he, mm-hmm. it, it was there. Like he was acknowledging the fact that I was acknowledging it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But I, I would tell my therapist, like, I feel like it was just like a switch. And then two seconds later, like overwhelmed with guilt. So then I just want to like literally sit in the closet or crawl under my bed, you know, like, I would tell her like in my mind I feel like I'm just laying in a dark room but but I'm sitting on the floor with my kids and my husband's on the couch like I'm not alone you know and so Mm -hmm. that's why I kind of felt like I think this is postpartum I I that part of it I feel like it was because I've dealt with things in my life I, I mean yes people have gone through worse yes some people might say like you're still young but I have dealt with real problems, you know, and I've never felt like I'm in my head. I'm literally just sitting in a dark room. Like there's nothing going on in there, you know, but I don't know. I, I feel like if you were to ask me the depression and the rage were the biggest things for me. You know, I didn't even know rage was a thing um, until I had listened to another podcast and they brought it up and I thought, that happened I didn't I had no clue and as many I have three kids but as many kids as I have I had never heard of it before and so I was like that's interesting and then I was like well maybe it's me because is that why I'm so moody all the time but I don't I don't feel like I get rage because when I you know read about it it was just like a it was like some of the things that, um, like the symptoms was like a struggle to control your, your temper, um, a, like an excess amount of like screaming or cussing, um, punching things, throwing things like I don't do none of that stuff. Like, yeah, I, I might really be don't. frustrated, but I'm, I'm, it's not to that extreme. And it, I felt like all of the symptoms were super extreme, like being violent towards your family members and like, it, it's just, to me, it was like, okay, no, this doesn't sound like me. But from re- reading like the baby blue stuff, it was like, it comes within like three days of giving birth. And then it lasts seven to 10 days. And then it's gone, which I also never experienced because I feel like I, mine continues for that. Um, I also don't think a lot of women realize that it doesn't have to be within like right after you give the baby. Um, postpartum depression can come like anywhere from like six months after so it's like a big gap and then they feel these ways and they're like, what the heck is wrong with me? But by that time, they're not seeing their OB anymore. You know what I mean? And so they're like, what the heck is wrong? But they like, they don't know where to start. So yeah. did you go to your OB? Like, did she diagnose you or anything or you just didn't bring it up to her? I didn't bring it up. And the only reason why I did it is because I'm already in therapy. Um, and I feel like, like I had a checkup a few weeks ago with my birth control and I thought about bringing it up. I told my therapist I was going to bring it up, but then I just felt like, I feel like I'm feeling myself get out of this. So I didn't bring it up. And I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll check in 
in a few weeks whether that was a good choice or not but (laughs) I do feel like this last month has been really good for me and I don't know my mom was here for a month I went out of town with her for a few days so I don't know if it was just that I was preoccupied but what I did in that month of her being here as far as keeping myself busy um I ordered myself some affirmation cards. I bought myself a brand new journal just to start fresh. After therapy, I journal about what we talked about every day. I pull an affirmation card and it has a question on the back. So whether it's a small question or a big question, I journal about it. Um, I started a new book. And oddly enough, I stopped going to the gym. So all of those things, I feel like, okay, now that my mom's gone, and it's just me and my husband I feel like I need to keep implementing them because they helped me a lot while she was here because I had the time to reset you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and it's unfortunate because I feel like not everybody gets that not everybody has a mom who can stay with them for a month or a mother-in-law or you know a family member period but Mm -hmm. I feel like me personally I without knowing I think that's what I needed like and I told my mom before she left, like, I think I really, really needed this. So I, I appreciate you taking the time to come and finding the time to stay as long as you did, you know, and I had told her a little bit. So she knew like what I was going through and she would check in on me too. Um, but I don't think anybody really knew like the depth of how I was feeling besides my husband. But I feel like that's one of my I don't want to say toxic traits or something like that, even though that's what I was about to call it. It's not that bad of a thing, but I feel like it shocks me because I was never like this. But over the years, I cannot cry in front of anybody else but my husband. And I haven't pinpointed why, but I kind of feel like that's part of my postpartum depression because it wasn't until I got pregnant with Sophie that like towards the end of my pregnancy that I started being this way. So it hasn't even been a full year, but I still haven't cried in front of my therapist. I haven't cried in front of my dad in so long. I don't think I've cried in front of my mom in a while, but as soon as I lay down and start talking to Jerry, like just certain times, especially like, you know, six months ago or um, almost like three months ago, I couldn't stop crying in front of him. Like I would tell him, sometimes I just want you to stay home because I just need to cry and you're the only person I can like feel comfortable crying with for whatever reason. And I haven't really figured that part out, but that's one of my, I would say it's an issue for me because I've always been the type of person that's like, if I have to cry about it, I'm going to cry about it. (laughs) If I need to vent about it, I'm going to vent about it. So for me to feel that way within my body, it's like, this isn't sitting right with me. But I guess I'm going to work on that. And my therapist told me too, like one time we had like a big session and she was like, you let out a lot and you haven't let out one tear, but I feel like it's written all over your face that you want to cry. And I was like, I don't know why I can't. And she was like, do you feel like that's a bad thing? And I was like, only because I never used to be this way. Yeah. She was like, okay, well, we'll talk about that more. But when I left there, like my chest was so heavy, but I just couldn't cry until I got home. Hmm. I don't know that's why. interesting you say that because I, I was thinking like, well, that's okay if you only cry in front of your husband. Like I didn't see where I, I don't see like why that would be so, so detrimental, I guess, to you. But I guess if you really have to like let it out and you can't, like if you have to pee, you know what I mean? Like you really have to pee, <laughs> yeah. but you can't pee 
because you're not by a toilet or something like I get that or whatever you know what I mean um because I, I mean I don't cry in front of anybody either like my kids but I can't help it like if I'm already crying they see me and that's one thing but like my husband I'm not that I don't cry in front of him because I do but I don't I don't cry as often as I think I do like if that makes sense you know what I mean so I was like yeah so I may shed a few tears or like lick my finger and like put it on my face or something to make (laughs) it look like tears but not like to the point where I'm like boo-hooing I usually do that by myself um but I, I feel like that's your safe space that's where you're most vulnerable at is with your husband so of course that's okay you know what I mean like I I my mom lives with me now so I even when I am crying I don't want her to see me crying because I don't feel like talking about it with her you know what I mean like I don't I'll talk when I'm ready and I feel like maybe that's what it is that all of those people used to be my safe space as well and Mm -hmm. I don't know what's changed because I don't in my head and in my heart I don't feel like they're not my safe space anymore but Mm -hmm. why is my body reacting differently does that make sense Mm -hmm. so that's why I kind of feel like it's just one of those postpartum things that I'm going through right now but I think I've kind of gotten the emotional and the rage part a little bit more under control through talking in therapy and finding the things that like make me feel a little bit more sane you know yeah Um, I I also think about um how many couples don't know about postpartum like how many spouses don't so I feel like that's it's also hard when your spouse has like absolutely no clue and they don't know like how to help you because they don't even know what's going on they just think you're being moody or you're being like dramatic or just doing the most but you're really not like you literally have no control over your body your emotions your mind none of that it's not yours anymore basically you know especially even during pregnancy you know what I mean it's the same thing it kind of just carries through and even though the baby's out your body's still trying to figure out what the heck is going on and trying to rewire itself into mommy mode so I feel like I I want to say like at least 50% of couples break up because like the dad or the partner doesn't know how to help the mom deal with these this new set of emotions. And even though it's not like their the, their responsibility, I still feel like guiding you to, to seek out therapy or to seek out journaling or to seek out working out and stuff, that would be that's what they can do that's the least they can do you know what I mean um yeah I heard you say that you you don't go to the gym anymore but is there like a reason why because I feel like running or like being active for me releases those endorphins to make me happy when I'm in a dark spot so I thought that was interesting that you said you don't go to the gym yeah so if you can follow this bouncing ball (laughs) because I'm still figuring it out too But I think what I had to come to the realization in my head was that I was rushing the process to get back to normal. And because Mm -hmm. of my postpartum, I needed to just slow down. So on top of seeing my new body now, on top of being on social media and that probably being a little bit toxic to my mental health, 
on top of, you know what I mean? Like there's so, there was so many factors, but I came to a point one day where I was just like, why do I want to go to the gym? I want to go to the gym because I hate my body right now. Why do you hate your body when it just made a kid? You know what I mean? Like you can look at your baby laying next to you and you can hate your body so much, but it just made that tiny human, how, like how make it make sense you know, and that's, that's like me talking to myself, because everybody's different, but for me personally, I was just like, it, I feel like I'm sabotaging my mental health at this point, if I'm literally just like, oh my god, I'm disgusted with myself, I have extra skin, I, this is my second c-section, how is it going to heal this time, you know what I mean, but then I'm looking at my baby like, oh my god, she's so pretty, I can't believe I made this, like, bitch what (laughs) you were just talking shit to yourself you know what I mean so that's why I was like I had to like take a seat and really think about it what am I going to the gym for and what am I on social media for because every time I got on it was like how the heck is she a mama too and she looks like that I'm a mama too and I look Mm -hmm. like this you know what I mean so and I know that people are going to be like girl shut up you're so skinny still blah blah blah. okay but everybody has their struggles you know like even skinny people have their struggles mentally towards their body yeah and so um yeah I think I just came to the realization that I was doing it for the wrong reasons and Mm. another big part was that I didn't start working out after Scarlett until she was a year old but I wasn't into my fitness journey then and okay that's fair but Scarlett got a whole year of me and Scarlett deserved a whole year of me you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. I just feel like Sophie deserves that too like yes I deserve to put myself first as well but she also deserves a mom who's not driving herself crazy to get back into the gym to look like she did before I had her for what my husband's still here he still tells me I'm beautiful he's still we're still fucking having sex you know what I mean like obviously he doesn't hate my body so I just had to like tell myself number one you need to calm down (laughs) number two you need to stop lying to yourself and number three like just enjoy the moments right now you know yeah but it was a hard pill to swallow I think because everybody around me was telling me that and I would just be like I know I know but I don't think I was letting it sink into my own head you know Mm -hmm. so I had to really I guess really think about what was more worth it when obviously me being here every moment with Sophie is more worth it so I've I've gone I think the last time I went was like two weeks ago but for the past like three or four months I'll only go like once or twice a week Um, and really it's just because like I haven't gone in like two weeks I need to fucking go so I'll go one time and then by the next day I'm like fuck that I'm not waking up you know but I'm not killing myself over it anymore and I'm learning to not be like what the fuck are you doing you need to go to the gym you know yeah you know to be honest you know how um you had sent me that what was it that like little challenge or whatever I was like fuck yeah I'm gonna do that I was like, I'm gonna do this and everything, and I was doing good at first. Wait, pause. Let's give them a backstory. So I had sent her a TikTok (laughs) that was like, this girl was like, I started my own version of 75 hard. She said like, eating healthy, no alcohol, read 10 pages a day, 
and move your body for 45 minutes a day. And we were like, let's do it, blah, blah. Okay, continue. There was like a, it was like a, a 30 soft or a 40 soft or something like that, right? Right, yeah. it wasn't like that? Yeah, okay, it wasn't that long. But I was like, okay. And I, I already don't drink alcohol, which is fine. So I was like, okay. And I had already started like trying to eat healthier. Like I was cooking my meals, which reminds me, I kind of, I'm in the mood for like chicken Alfredo. But that's the size point. But I, I was doing so good. And then I was like, okay, let's read a book. And then I was like, what book am I going to read? So I started reading like some of my parenting books and stuff. And I was like, okay, this is fine. And then I was like, okay, we're doing little walks. I was taking my kids to the park like every day for my lunch break. So like 30 to 45 minutes every day, which is fine. But then I, I don't know what happened. I think we like ordered pizza or something. And I was like, no, fuck this. I'm going to get me three of these slices and just call it a day because mm. so every day I'm just like okay what can I do today that's on this list to check off at least one thing because we're not doing it all we're gonna have to restart in the next month because mm -mm. and you know what I did I was like I'm not even getting all of my water in because one of the requirements was like a gallon a day too yeah something like that right <laughs> I was like I'm not even getting all my water in and I'm sure she's not either so I'm just not gonna say something <laughs> oh my god and I was like oh, she hasn't brought it up so I wonder if she's doing it and I was like she would be like on my ass if she was doing it because we were like we're gonna hold each other accountable <laughs> okay yeah we sure we're so did. bad like, but I we're swear. gonna start again the month's almost over we'll restart we're gonna start again and you guys tell us if y'all want to do it with us I'm just kidding yes. no we need to do, do it on our own us. first <laughs> oh, it's so hard but I I also feel like you know keeping yourself accountable I said all that to say keeping yourself accountable like doing the legwork yourself to get your mental health back to where it should be or to a good spot more or less um pre-baby is also a good thing you know what I mean because I feel like people think like well I can't do it myself but really it, it all comes from within you so you going yeah. to counseling you doing the journaling you doing what you need to do is 20 times better than everybody else telling you oh Gina you know you're so pretty oh Gina you're so skinny and stuff but it's like it's not coming from within you so it doesn't it's not the same like it's just like um how would you say like gratification in that moment but yeah. it's not for the long haul it's just yeah. like posting a uh what are they called like a thirst trap to get that validation but then it goes away people will stop commenting people stop liking the post it's five days old now so how are you gonna get that validation now you know what I mean yeah for sure yeah but um, exactly I I feel like I think there's so many people who branch off from their postpartum depression that don't do the work during the depression that makes it 20 times worse when they because they do come out of it you know what I mean I think people come out of it but they come out of it not where they should be you know so like, let's say I, I have postpartum depression and I'm just like going through the motions. I'm not working on it, but one day, like I just stopped crying. Mm -hmm. And, but I channel all that negative energy to something else, like being verbally abusive to my kids or my partner, or just like not doing the work at my job or just like kind of letting myself go because I'm just like, eh, whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I see that so many times happen to people. And I just think like, if somebody were to have just helped them, but then I think like, again, not everybody is fortunate to have a village behind them. Not everybody's fortunate to have parents or 
in-laws or cousins or friends that will come in and be like, hey, I have like, go ahead, go rest. I have the baby. Um, this past weekend, I was talking to Isaiah's aunt and she had said that she never experienced postpartum depression and she had four kids. And I was like, never. And she was like, mm, I don't even know what that's like. And I thought, well, consider yourself lucky because it's the worst thing in the world. And she has a new grandbaby. So she was like, I don't want, you know, my daughter-in-law to go through that. So I take the baby as much as I can. Like any chance I can take him, I just take him. So she can have that time to herself because I don't want her to experience that. And I thought that is so sweet. Like that is yeah. so nice. And how many girls have mother-in-laws who just don't give a shit? You know what I mean? Who probably don't even think the baby's her sons or whatever the case may be, you know, like instead yeah. of being so like ugly and especially if you're a woman I like I can understand if you're a man and you don't get it whatever but a woman not trying to help another woman just doesn't sit right with me like that's what I was gonna say because you know what it feels like some people have, their own moms don't help them you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I have a really good friend who actually I mean her baby is a year maybe a year and, and some months but um when I was going through my depression I feel like a lot of times we would text each other like I'm having a hard day and she would be like me too and I'd be like well what's going on with you and she would pour her heart out and then I'd do the same and then we'd be like we're gonna get through this it's fine and then afterwards like I would tell my husband and I would be like it just makes me sad all over again though because I have you to talk to and I have my dad to go to and I have my mom to call. And if she really needs to come home, she will. But she doesn't have her mom or her mother-in-law. And her husband's not the greatest. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and she has two kids. And sometimes I tell her like, God, I don't know how you do it. And she's like, me neither. Like, I'm literally just coasting at this point. And it, it hurts my heart for her because she's one of my best friends. and She doesn't live here. So I just feel like if I was there, I wish I could take that load off of her, even if it's just for a few hours, you know, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, it's making her the person that she is. So it's hard, but I mean, I feel like if you know somebody like that, all you can do is be there for them. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking about a certain somebody, then reach out to them because they probably need just a little text message throughout the day or, you know what I mean? A small gesture. It makes a huge difference. I actually got her those affirmation cards as well. So she really liked them. Um, and they're only like $10. They're off of Amazon. There's a hundred of them. And so you can like shuffle through them, pick one every day and then put it in the back. That way you can like, you know, reuse them after the hundred or whatever, but they're really cute. Yeah. So yeah, if anybody needs those, they're really cute. Off of Amazon, 10 bucks, go get you some. <laughs> or get you a friend that's nice like that because <laughs> some girls don't I mean it depends if you're the only friend out of the bunch who, did, who has a kid and nobody else has kids they most likely aren't going to get it either so yeah, I also feel like surround yourself with like-minded individuals or keep other people who have kids you know what I mean play groups all the time because they get it other moms get what you're going through even if you feel like nobody else is going through it chances are like more than 50% of your friend group is going through it too so you you lean on each other you know what I mean yeah because um, I think a lot of women are just like nobody gets it nobody understands but trust me there's so many women who literally understand like there's so many mom forums there's so many um just groups that you can join to have that to find you can find your like best friend you know what I mean 
you yeah. never know um I I personally when I know somebody has a baby I mm, depending on how close we are maybe not depending on how close we are but depending on like what I can do in the moment I might buy the baby a gift but nine times out of ten I like to buy something like for the mom to sustain herself afterwards so like when um my brother had his baby I was constantly dropping off like groceries or just snacks for them or even little things like does baby have this for this week or whatever and just picking it up because I know that they're at home plus it's still COVID so it's like you don't want to be taking your newborn out so like I'll help you I'll drop off those things to your doorstep just so you have them and it's just easier for you I feel like even if it's food you know dropping off a hot plate or something so the mom doesn't have to worry about cooking for her family because more than half the time she has multiple kids you know what I mean she has another child she has a husband she has a family to still take care of even though she just had this baby it's still nice to do like those little things and you'd be surprised it goes a long way sometimes people are like scrambling for food and money because they're just like oh I just had a baby we have all these medical bills now how the heck are we going to do all this so just dropping off even if it's a box of chicken I know chicken's kind of expensive so let's say a double cheeseburger from McDonald's because that's way cheaper than a box of chicken I don't know why chicken's so high but anyways um that's that's a kind gesture it's just nice to be nice especially if you understand what they're going through like I can't stress that enough if you understand what a person is going through why don't you just take it upon yourself to help them out like why do you want to watch them suffer I don't understand that that's why I I fuck with my mom because even when I'm like I'm I just started my period she's like ooh, oh that's horrible here here's chocolate here's soda here just get the fuck away from me here's a heating pad you know what I mean like just go in your room turn turn off the lights and just be by yourself and I sure will take her up on that offer every freaking time because it's great. Like she really empathizes with me during like my monthly and just when I'm sleepy, she's just like, okay, yeah, go away, get away. Just please get away from me and go be by yourself. I'll take the kids. Like, it's fine. And I'm yeah. like, okay, great. <laughs> yeah, but I, I know that's what I was going to okay. say about like how you said um, when you're tired, when you started your period for women to women, it's like, you understand those things now what's hard is when your husband does not understand those things like oh my god I swear I mean obviously everybody has their struggles but I feel like even though I'm feeling better that's one thing that we haven't gotten under control especially because I'm breastfeeding so there's only so much that Jerry can do for the baby it's just like bro you see me here so freaking tired you see me Mm -hmm. And she's crying and I'm trying to nurse her and she's not nursing, but you don't take her. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's shit like I, that. But I feel like that's almost every husband too. I mean, everybody has it. Everybody or anybody can have it worse. So that's not what I'm saying. I'm not trying to make him out to be like, you know, the worst husband in the world. No, he helps me a lot. But for some reason, I feel like Sophie was a lot harder than Scarlett ever was. And I don't know if it's because we've lived with people that we just had more hands to help. But mm-hmm. I feel like this time around with Sophie, I'm like, I think that contributed to my depression, even because, I mean, we're barely six months in. I'm finally getting the hang of like being awake when I'm still exhausted because she didn't sleep all night or whatever the case is. But I feel like this time around I was just like drowning in tiredness and drowning in and being emotional because I was so tired you know what I mean and then 
he still has to go to work. He still has to do all the things. He never stopped going to the gym, inserts eye roll. <laughs> so it's just like, like there was a little bit of resentment there, you know? Of course. I feel like it's easy to start resenting your partner because, you know, they still get to go out, go to work, get, get out of the house. Meanwhile, you're stuck in the house because you're either breastfeeding or you just so gross or you're still like postpartum bleeding. And it's just like, or you're sore because you had a C-section and you're like, I can't move because my body hurts so much. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God, the resentment really piles up. But I feel like that's when it's important to have those talks and be like, look, this is what I'm feeling fix it or get the fuck out. No, I'm just kidding. But like, help me out. You know what I mean? Do something different. We, you have to, because especially if you're not saying anything and you're just like going through the motions and you're not speaking up for yourself, advocating for yourself, then it really piles on thick. And then you're really like damn near on the verge of divorce because you're so annoyed and frustrated and just like tired of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, spouses make me so sad. You know, I listened to this other podcast and it's a male driven podcast and they touched a little bit on postpartum depression. And um, one of the guys talked about how like him and his wife actually took like classes, parenting classes. Um, and that's when he learned about postpartum because he said he had no clue. Mind you, they're like in their thirties. He's like his early thirties. So he was like, I didn't know anything about this. Like, so whenever it did happen, because his wife did end up having postpartum, he kind of knew more or less how to help her get through that. And he didn't hold it against her. You know what I mean? But he also said, like, I wonder how many men don't take these classes and don't know about these classes. And then just start like, feeling like your, your partner's like being a bitch or whatever the case may be. It's so hard. Your body changes so much. And I don't think, I don't think people realize that. Um, I did see like, am I my um what is it called when you look up stuff <laughs> research yeah that if you go on google and you just like type postpartum depression there's a self-assessment you can take so like it'll kind of like self-diagnose you basically and it's just like a series of like 10 questions and you answer them and then it'll be like okay it sounds like you're having postpartum depression please seek like seek out to your your OBGYN or whatever or a therapist and get the help you need which I thought was really yeah. cool because I feel like I don't think people know where to start. No, that's what I was going to say, because even me, I didn't really know about that. So I feel like that's a really good resource for for people out there. Yeah, that might not know where to start or might not like are kind of on the fence. Like, is this how I feel or is this how I don't feel? You know? Yeah, I actually took the quiz just just for shits and giggles. Are you (laughs) going to postpartum? It was like, you're depressed. (laughs) speak out uh, counseling and I was like okay <laughs> she, 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 she just said it she just said it with the biggest smile on her face like <laughs> I'm depressed that's my name lol <laughs> have you ever seen that me with a little black girl who she's like crying but she has her tongue out and she's doing the piece yeah <laughs> she's doing the piece and I'm gonna have to post it because that's literally that was literally my expression to the results of my quiz I wish I would have screenshotted my quiz results so I could post those to like okay I didn't just have a baby but whatever (laughs) oh my gosh and Um, you know what I had some people ask me like do you feel like the therapy was worth it and obviously my answer is yes like I will always say everybody should go to therapy whether you're in a season of depression 
um, going through something or have had like some sort of trauma, it, you could be the perf- like the most happiest person ever, but going to therapy, there's just something about like having somebody to talk to that's like an outside source that is therapeutic in itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so if you're listening to this and if you feel like you've thought of therapy before, then I would say just take that leap. And if you don't know where to start, just as a reference, I started with, I'm covered on my husband's insurance. So I called the insurance and asked them um, if therapy would be covered. And they said, yes. And then, sorry, my neighbors are like, I don't know, there's a weird car outside. Anyways, um, I asked them if it would be covered and they said, yes. And then she emailed me a list of local places that would take my insurance. So it was like as simple as that. You know what I mean? I mean, the list was pretty long. So that was a little overwhelming, but that just goes to show you that there's so many options out there. And my copay is, or like, yeah, it's my copay is like 25 bucks or something, which isn't much. Um, You don't have to be seen every week. I go every two weeks, but you can even go once a month if you really wanted to. But I know I have a friend who goes to the exact same place and hers is $5 because she doesn't have insurance, I don't think. And don't quote me on this, but I believe they went off of her income. So it's like, it's very doable. The help is out there. You just have to look for it. And even if you feel bad one day, so you're telling yourself, I'm going to go, I'm going to look for the help. And then tomorrow you're perfectly happy. Still look for the help because you don't know when a bad day is going to come, you know? Yeah. You don't have to be on your last leg to go to therapy. Like, it's like no. the upkeep basically you know what I mean like you kind of get like your oil changed before your car starts getting all messed up or whatever to prevent it uh, from breaking down yeah so <laughs> it's like the same thing like you'd go to therapy I'm like oh, we're like way behind our oil team so don't judge us the car's all <laughs> broken down and shit but anyways <laughs> you would like you know what I mean it's preventative care basically um you know I used to go to therapy in high school I think it was high school when my grandma would take me to therapy and that was like a Christian based therapy, um, which was a little bit different. And I, I liked it because I, I do consider myself religious, you know, so I do want those Bible verses and like the happy, uppity, perky people. Um, but that one was actually like donation based. So like, it didn't cost money to go there. It was just based off donations, which was really cool too. I've heard, I've heard of those before too. And initially that's what I was looking for. And then my mom reminded me like, well, your insurance probably covers it. And I was like, okay, I probably shouldn't take advantage of the help. I should go through my insurance. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I went yeah. through my insurance. Exactly. But- and, you know, you don't have to feel bad about switching ther- therapists because I switched like, I switched like four different times. Like, I think the really? first therapist like always a man and I didn't like that. I didn't want to, I didn't want a male therapist. So I switched and then... <laughs> They gave me another mail and I was like, this is not what I want. It's not what I asked for. I want a refund. And then I went to a, a woman, but she was too old. I felt like, how are you going to, you know what I mean? Like, you're, I don't think you're going to understand where I'm coming from. And I didn't feel comfortable. I felt like I was being judged by this old lady. So I switched again and I got like a, a younger, more fresh. Uh, uh, she had just like graduated. You know what I mean? Like she wasn't super seasoned, but she's still learning too. And she, she was fresh because she had just, got out of school and stuff so I feel like that was perfect for me um just because it was like more relatable you know what I mean 
Um, yeah. Also, at, at your schools, like if you're in college and stuff, they do give free counseling for students. So that's also something to be on the lookout for. If you just had a baby and you're trying to get back into school, that's a whole semester of free counseling right there to hopefully get you through that dep- that you know postpartum little streak you have going on. Um, but of course, always do your research on your therapist. There's so many different types of therapy and some of them do different things. Like some give you like homework, you know what I mean? Some of them give you like tools you can use. Some of them just listen to you talk. And that's usually what I get because I don't want to hear nobody's feedback. But anyways, <laughs> and she's like, okay, uh, before my last therapist had like a journal she'd keep a journal on me so she'd write down like everything I'm saying and like the poor thing she had like five pages from like one session I was like okay I think I'm talking too much like just see and me. mine is such a good listener she doesn't write down anything but then like a few weeks later she'll be like and the other day you were saying blah 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 and she, like she don't miss a beat and I'm like can I have your memory because I can't remember what the fuck I just had for lunch like <laughs> there's just too much going on but she trips me out like she really remembers everything and she doesn't write down shit but I think it's easier when you put a face to like the story because I can remember people's like what they're telling me like the drama that that goes on and stuff but if you tell me like hey I gotta go do this on this day girl I don't remember but tell me that drama my ears are like wide open perked up like a German shepherd oh my god I don't know if their ears are picked up, but it just sounded right. <laughs> it just sounded right. <laughs> I hate you. Anywho. Oh. Okay, so. <clears throat> I I know we're kind of coming to a close already um, since we've been on this whole postpartum war path. But so have you learned anything from therapy or is there anything that you're doing to keep your mind on the straight and narrow and just an upbeat kind of mood instead of a downward downward viral? Um, I feel like as far as therapy, I've learned a lot to implement towards my, how do I word this? Towards my, um, my mind is blank, I'm sorry towards like my family trauma, so to speak. Um, Mm -hmm. So therapy has been way more helpful in that area. And I think that's calmed my anxiety and that's calmed my depression. Um, But as far as getting past the postpartum, sorry if I keep hearing that ringtone. As far as getting past the postpartum, the things that I've kind of implemented is number one, just starting from scratch. Like as hard as it was, I got off of social media so constant the way that I was before because of my business on there and stuff. Um, So I just see it as like, I'm wiping my plate clean and I'm slowly adding things onto my plate again. So yes, I'm still on social media, but I'm not making it a priority to constantly post, constantly like um, update my business, stuff like that. So that's number one. Number two, I am writing out a weekly schedule as far as like, here's a huge to-do list. Now spread it out throughout the week. And if you don't get to it, that's fine. Um, And number three, I'm just trying to read more and just trying to like, make sure I eat, make sure I drink water, try to go outside, just not be so hard on myself, you know? Mm -hmm. So I feel like those are just the things that have helped me. Um, 
But I think the biggest one has been writing out all of my to-do lists because physically seeing myself check things off throughout the week like makes me feel accomplished. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so sorry if you guys can hear my chair squeaking. I'm like, I promise I'm not farting. Um, oh my gosh. No, I'm sorry if y'all can hear the baby. She just started crying. I don't know no. if y'all can. No, you can't? Oh, I can't. Oh, okay. That's um, probably not picking Tell me you can't hear my chair then. No, you can't. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I was okay. gonna say that um, if you feel like you do those things and they don't help you, please, please, please seek out a medical professional who can also hopefully get you on the correct medications. And I know there's such a very like, it's a, it's such a taboo topic of getting on medicine because, you know, people were scared. I'm in the same way, like I'm scared, like I have my accidental overdose on something, but you know, you talk to your doctor, make sure it's fitting for you. And if you don't feel right about it, tell them, like, I don't know how many, um, antidepressants I tried out before I found the one that worked the best for me and my body and my mental health um so do that do that um but anyways all right well I guess we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up now Gina thank you so much for giving us your whole postpartum experience and shining light on things that a lot of women didn't know some of you may have known but either way, thank you so much. We really, well, we, as in us, me and our followers, our listeners, <laughs> we just really, we just really appreciate it. No, thank you for listening because I feel like it's important sometimes to just like let it out. Sometimes your experience like weighs heavy on you, you know? So thanks for letting me vent. This was like a venting session. <laughs> but, anyways, yeah, let's wrap it up. Um, if you guys haven't followed us on Instagram, what are you doing? Follow us on our new Instagram at women to women pod underscore. So that's women to women pod underscore. Um, yeah, follow us there. And if you haven't already um, found us on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, please do so. Um, subscribe and leave us a review message us if you guys have any suggestions we're open to ideas but yeah i'm excited and tune in next week next wednesday for a brand new episode thanks guys